Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Mondo Show. Stay tuned because on today's program, we have a lot to talk about. It seems like the whole world is going mad. It's gone crazy. Yet in the midst of it, I believe that God is moving in your heart. I believe that God has laid down the specific direction in which we should go. Yet, again, I have to say yet, because we have a culture war that we have not seen in a long time. There's a war on everything. There's a war on words. There's a war on culture. There's a war in everything that moves the world around. The economy is going bananas. Our culture is going bananas. It seems like the whole thing is splitting apart, yet the Bible calls us to be the salt of this world. The Bible calls us to be a light in this world. The darkness, the dark conversations, the dark moments that we're facing as a nation, we ought to be the light. But what happens when the culture infiltrates the church? What, what happens when the culture and the vocabulary and the language changes in the church. It seems like today's pulpits are changing the message in order to fit into this culture, and we don't even recognize the gospel anymore. Yet God has set apart men and women that are not willing to compromise. They're not willing to bow down to this culture war that is happening. We have the greatest opportunity to preach the gospel all around the world. Yet, there's a conflict inside of us. There's a conflict that I'm watching inside of the church today because the parishioners have family members that are part of this culture war. Yet as pastors, as evangelists, as leader in the church, we're compromising the gospel in order to be liked, in order to be followed on social media. And we're following, I'm about to get in trouble on my own program, we're following conferences all over America trying to find the word, yet the scripture is the word. In the beginning was the word. Oh, we as the people cannot run away from the fire. We are firemen. Spiritually speaking, we run into the fire. We can't run away from the fire and shut the door and pretend like nothing is happening Yet a lot is happening behind the church walls, outside of the church walls. People are crying out for help, and we have the answer. I believe that my special guest today is going to minister to you. Why? Because I believe that God has set people apart for this hour. My special guest was a former child actor in Hollywood. He got into drugs. He got into the party scene. And get this, he got stabbed nine times. And one of those stabbings landed in his heart that caused him to die, yet God had a plan for his life. If you feel like your life doesn't make sense, stay tuned. If you feel like some things in your life got so messed up that you were facing death at the door, yet you're wondering why you're alive today. Stay tuned because I believe the message that my special guest has is for you, and I believe that the Bible says this. I love the scripture. Most people don't want to read the Bible anymore, but this is what the book of Romans has to say. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good 
and pleasing and the perfect will of God. Oh, and I believe that was my special guest scripture throughout his life. My special guest is a pastor, evangelist, national speaker. He's a radio host and president of the Religious Liberty Coalition. He's also the founder of Remnant News, which is a Christian news publication. He is the host of the radio show. I hope I can pronounce his name, last name properly, The Todd Coconado Show. I was just on his program, and I'm going to share it on social media because I want you to hear what happens when two lives collide and have the same message for you. I want you to help me welcome my special guest, a national speaker, evangelist, pastor, a voice for this generation, Pastor Todd Coconado. Welcome to the program. Hello, Mondo. I'm so blessed to be with you today. You got the name right. Good job, man. Hey, I made it. <laughs> How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. You know, I'm encouraged, even in the middle of all the craziness in our world, I'm seeing the Lord moving in such a way that uh, I've never really seen as many people hungry for the Lord as we've been experiencing in the last couple of years. And it just keeps increasing. So God is on the move. He's not done moving. And I'm encouraged that we're meant to occupy until he comes. So I'm not, I'm not going to grow weary and doing good, my friend. Hey, I love your encouragement because in the middle of darkness, some people get weary. Some people get, you know, discouraged. I, this type of situation, I don't know about you, Todd, but it encourages me. It gives me the fuel to understand that what the gospel meant for what we're doing right now is to change lives, is to encourage people in the middle of darkness. But I got to ask you this because there's so much going on in the world. The, the culture is changing, yet God's still using testimonies today to really help people reflect in their own lives. And I got so much I want to talk to you about. I got a lot of notes <laughs> of, on what's happening in the culture right now. But I want to establish you with my audience because I believe that your story is one of the most powerful stories that I have come across in a long time. Tell me what happened to you about being stabbed nine times. And I'm going backwards here because I should have started with what was it like growing up in Hollywood as a child actor? And I'm going to get to that because Hollywood is in trouble right now. And things yeah. are changing in Hollywood. But what happened to you that got you to get stabbed nine times and one of those stabbings landed in your heart and it caused you to die and then something powerful happened? Thank you, Mondo. You know, uh, the, the Word of God says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony. I really believe it's important to share what God's done in each of our lives because all of us have a story. You know, mine in particular, I had lived in the world, as you mentioned, and we'll get a little bit more into that later. I was in Hollywood. I was a child actor. Uh, I started partying. I started doing drugs, drinking, going to the clubs almost every night of my life. Uh, I was in Los Angeles, California, in the underground club scene known as a club kid. Uh, that was what they used to call us, and and it was it was my church. I, I'll be honest, I was going there religiously. That was my social group, and I was caught up. And I ended up going to a um, an amazing uh, convention in Hollywood. I mean, sorry, in Honolulu, uh, Hawaii. And my parents had invited me out there, and there was a gentleman by the name of Wayne Cadero that was speaking that day. 
and I felt the presence of the Lord, and I was undone in this service. I actually walked outside and started weeping in this beautiful Descanso garden in the uh, Honolulu Convention Center where they were holding this convention. And I was only supposed to go to one meeting. I told my parents I'd go to one meeting, but I ended up going to every meeting on that trip and actually reconciled with my father as well, which was a huge milestone in my life. I came back uh, from the trip, and I was living with my girlfriend at the time, and uh, I said, you know, I got saved in, in Hawaii, and she's looking at me like a deer in headlights. What does that mean? I said, it means that we, we can't live together. It means that there's going to be a lot of changes in my life, and uh, there certainly was. Uh, from that day forward, my life changed. But for about two years, Mondo, and I think you'll, you'll appreciate this and understand this, I started going to this church, and I had come from the club scene. I would come from the very worldly lifestyle, and I could not make Christian friends. And so I was in this uh, very transitional period where I would sit in the foyer of the church and just hope that somebody would come and talk to me, uh, but that wasn't my experience. The only people that actually talked to me were the greeters. Thank God for the greeters. Uh, so for two years, I was in limbo, and I had come from the world where, honestly, from the world standards, I had a pretty good life. I had a beautiful condo. I had a beautiful car. I had a, had a girlfriend that I was living with, as I mentioned. You know, things were going well according to the world standards, but I knew there was a big void in my heart, and every day I would try to fill that void. And so when I got saved, you know, for two years, I tried very hard to not hang out with my old friends and to leave that lifestyle behind. But what happened was I got lonely. And so about two years in, I ended up going back to my vomit. Like the Bible says, I went back to my past and I went to meet with some former friends. And I left the gym this night that I will never forget in Granada Hills, California. And I went to this apartment complex and there was a man there that I believe was on some serious drugs and uh, was out of his regular mind and ability to think uh, correctly. And so he ran out of an apartment, uh, you know, just, I didn't even have time to think. And the first thing he did was he took a kitchen knife that was very large and he just started stabbing me. And, and the first one was to my heart. And so this is where it gets wild. Uh, he stabbed me eight more times. I was trying to fight back. And what ended up happening is I ended up falling on the ground because I was bleeding everywhere. I pulled up my sweatshirt. I said, brother, I'm going to die. Uh, you know, you're killing me. And something happened where that man, even though he was on drugs and alcohol and, and out of his mind, he sobered up and he realized he was murdering me. So what he did in that moment is he picked me up and his girlfriend was screaming over there in the, in the corner. Both of them get into my car. I give them the keys and I'm in the, in the middle and uh, the girl's in shotgun, he's driving, and they drive me to the hospital. And this hospital was just about to close down, by the way. It was in Mothball. So uh, there was a skeleton staff there. But if that hospital wasn't there, I would have died because the next hospital was too far. And so on the way, when this guy that stabbed me is driving and the girl's in the front seat and I'm in the middle, on the way, I start getting tunnel vision. And what happened is I went into the presence of God. And I didn't see the Lord, but I was in this white presence. I can't explain any other way. And I heard an audible voice say, Todd, do you want to live or do you want to die? And I said, I want to live. And so I believe it was the voice of the Lord. He said, if you live, you got to do two things. You got to tell people that I'm real and you got to stay on fire for me. And what do you do when you're in the presence of the Lord? It reminds me of Isaiah chapter six. There's not much you can do other than say, send me. Yes, Lord. And that's what I said. And when I said that, I awakened and I was in the emergency room at that Granada Hills Hospital 
And the woman looked down at me and she said, you're a miracle. There's no way you should be alive. You should be dead. And so that changed my life and impacted my life forever. And uh, what do you do after that? I went to Bible school and uh, became a pastor, became a, an evangelist. And that was about 25 years ago, Mondo. And uh, the Lord just touched my life in such a way. That was a Damascus Road encounter for me. You know, Pastor Ty, you're impacting a lot of different parts in the body of Christ with your voice, your message, the calling that God gave you. I got to ask you this, because as a pastor, you're facing some challenging times in this culture today. Yeah. And I love to ask this on, on, on every program that I have the opportunity to have a pastor or evangelist on the program, because I think it's important to understand what is the state of the church right now from your experience? Well, there's some positive things going on, and there's also a lot of egregious things. And so I'll start with the positive. We do see more people waking up. Uh, as I mentioned, everywhere I go, we're seeing long lines of people that are hungering for the Lord. They're leaving their drug sacks at the altar. Uh, we've seen a lot of people get delivered in the last couple of years. Deliverance is now a topic in the church that's mainstream, praise God. Um, there's some, some positive things. I was just at the National Religious Broadcasters, and I have to say uh, conversations like we're having today are finally becoming mainstream rather than being the fringe of, the, uh, of a small group of people that were kind of sounding the alarm. So there are some positive things, but here's the concern. It's still not enough. There are a lot of people that are operating as business as usual. Uh, there are not a lot of people that don't feel the urgency in their spirit, and, they, and there really is uh, a very urgent matter in, in the body and in our nation, as you mentioned, because we are on the cusp of either going off the cliff, uh, which we already pretty much are headed that direction, from a moral standpoint, we're seeing kids confused of their gender in our nation. We're seeing, uh, you know, all kinds of violent crimes on the increase. We're seeing drug use on the increase, you know, fentanyl use and opioids. And so all across the country, there are serious issues. And these issues are impacting the church, even the divorce rate in the church. Uh, there's, there's so many areas that I believe we've swept under the rug for many, many decades and not addressed head on. And so I think that the Lord is giving us this season where we, we're still here. Praise God. We still have our freedoms, our religious liberties, but these things are all being challenged. And so I believe it's high time that the entirety of the body of Christ awakens to the matter that we're dealing with right now, all these many, many, many issues and says, we're going to stand up. We're going to rise up. We're going to push back. We're going to take the territory for the kingdom of God. And we're not going to be silent. I'll say this, there's 210 million people that claim to be Christians in America. Now, Barna Research says that the real number is about 10%, so it's a lot less than that. That's 63%, 210 million. But the truth of the matter is that we're not seeing uh, you know, 210 million people pushing back against all these very egregious things, these concerning things, these demonic things that we're seeing uh, that, are, that are impacting our culture and our children. And so more people need to speak out, more people need to stand up, and we have to have this urgency. And I will say in, in 2 Chronicles 7.14, it lays it all out. I call it the recipe for revival. It says, if my people, my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. We as the body of Christ, we are his people. We are the ecclesia. And I believe he is waiting on us 
to, to heed that call, to get on our faces and repent, to, to stand before the throne and say, Lord, we need you. You know, he says, uh, my sheep hear my voice. We got to hear the strategy from heaven and, and, and do what the Lord says to do. He's going to give us a strategy to take back this territory. But the first thing we do is we, we recognize there's a major issue. There's a major problem. And there's many. You know, Pastor, as we're watching the gender confusion in the trans movement on how essentially it's taking over the gay agenda. Yeah. I, can I be direct with you? Because I, I love having conversation to help people understand what Christianity is, where we stand scripturally. But a lot of the comments is, oh, you Christians are being homophobics. Uh, you Christians are not being inclusive. What do we do, Pastor, as a church that wants to reach out to the world, wants to invite the world to learn about what we know, yet there's conflict? Because a lot of the Christians that you mentioned that are not showing up to boycott what's happening in our schools with this movement and this agenda, because they don't want to offend people. They don't want to be that type of person. They don't want to be an old generation or a misfit in the culture. What do you say to the, to the culture? that is saying you Christians are homophobics, your Christians are not being inclusive with this, uh, with this agenda. What are we facing right now as a pastor? Yeah, we have to be a people of action. Uh, the scripture even says faith without works is dead. And so uh, I often mention, mention also the scripture says occupy. We've got to do this. Uh, you know, for too long we've sat back and we've been this silent majority. You mentioned the gay agenda. This is an area where we have an absolute winning factual argument. Uh, there's a lot of people that are saying right now you can be whatever gender you want. And there's like, you know, 40 something different titles that you can call yourself. Well, these are the same people that say trust the science. So we have the winning argument here. The bottom line is the science says there's an X and a Y chromosome. That's it. Uh, that's all there is out there. And so uh, these are all just uh, people pushing a fantasy and unfortunately, a lot of people are caving and capitulating to this fantasy. When it, when it comes to the gay agenda in the church, here's the thing. All matters of sin, whether it's adultery, fornication, pornography, any of these areas, they're all sin according to the scripture. And that includes a man lying with a man. That's what the scripture says. I'm just a messenger, Mondo. You know, I didn't write the scripture. And here's the thing. We love the sinner, but we hate the sin. And I think there's a, there's a messaging issue in the, in the body of Christ where, uh, unfortunately, we've allowed our, our contractors, detractors, the people that are speaking against us and accusing the body of Christ and calling us hate mongers, we've allowed their narrative to be pushed forward because we're not effectively combating it. And so we have to present our argument uh, from a scriptural standpoint without caving, without capitulating, without compromising, and say, look, this is the scripture. We know the scripture to be the word of God. As you mentioned in the beginning of the broadcast, you know, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And that word became flesh. Jesus is the living word. And it's, it's the bread of life. It's our manna. Every day uh, we get into the scripture. Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. So I call it the main thing. When the church is, is in the word, we're lovers of the word, and we're effective messengers where we're sharing the love of Christ, we can do this and we can walk this fine line of, 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 of hating the sin but loving the sinner and effectively sharing why the scripture says, you know, this is something that's going to open a door in your life. This is something, you know, the Bible says the wages of sin are death. And so any open door in our life, uh, you know, is going to is going to eventually come and get us. It's going to, you know, not maybe not uh, kill us in the in the term of like we die, but spiritually dying and setting us up for failure. 
Whereas if we follow the scripture, we're set up for success. So we can't, we can't cave on the message, but at the same time, we can do it in a loving way where we show, look, I don't hate you as a person. I'm not against you. I don't want to destroy your life or, you know, make, make you suffer. I'm just a messenger sharing that this is a sin. And the Bible lists the, the many areas that we have to avoid as believers to the best of our ability. And if we do that, we're going to be set up for success and we're going to have a prosperous, abundant life and we're going to rule and reign for all eternity with Christ. But if we continue to allow an area of sin in our life, ultimately that's going to be our demise. We are watching companies right now, Todd, that are being part of the woke movement. Companies yes. like Bud Light losing millions of dollars, Target losing about $12 billion now, and we're watching other companies. But I want to talk to you about the Los Angeles Dodgers. You and I oh, yeah. are from Los Angeles. On, I went to the Dodger games almost every day while, while I was there. I Literally, I was there every day because we were working with them. Whether it was a game there or not, I was there. I just love the Dodgers. But I'm disappointed on what's happening right now. What I want your comment about what's happening with the sisters of perpetual indulgence that are partnering with the Dodgers and mocking Jesus Christ, mocking our religion, mocking our faith. This goes beyond, you know, people. This is now entering into the realm of, of you know, really mocking Jesus Christ, our Savior. Yeah. What do you yeah. say to the woke companies? What do you say to what's happening to the Dodgers? Why are the Dodgers doing this? You know, a lot of these corporations, to your point, uh, we have to address what's going on. They're, they're, they're being ruled by 3% or less of our country. And, 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 you know, this whole push for inclusivity and all these areas, uh, you know, it, it doesn't, um, from a business standpoint, make sense. Bud Light, like you said, Target, and now the Dodgers. Uh, these, these sisters that the Dodgers are partnering with are completely hostile towards Christians. I have a friend that actually was attacked by this group uh, during a worship protest that he was doing, uh, where he was playing worship in a city. Uh, so, the, you know, there's a history here where we actually have uh, evidence that these people have been violent against uh, Christians. So, you know, these companies, that we have to uh, boycott them in a way that we, we stick to it, Mondo. This is the problem. In the Christian community, we boycott for a few weeks, and then we forget about it. And these companies are hedging their bets on that. They're hoping that we forget about these things, and ultimately we continue to buy and purchase from them. And, and you know, it's just, a, it's just a temporal situation where they're going to have some business loss. That is something we cannot uh, allowed to happen anymore. We've got to change our buying habits. We've got to, to show these companies, especially the worst offenders, uh, that we mean business. And let me just add this. You know, there's veterans uh, that are watching this program right now. Why doesn't a large company like Target uh, celebrate veterans? Uh, why don't they celebrate the other groups? Uh, you know, there's obviously, you know, we got Christmas and, you know, uh, Easter and different Christian holidays. Why, why don't they celebrate those to the level that they're having these massive displays for Pride Month. So it's out of balance. It's unequal. And, and when I say 63% of Americans claim to be of Christian background, uh, that's a huge amount of customers that would uh, uh, you know, respond positively if they did that. So it, it doesn't make sense. It's not a fair representation. And unfortunately, because of our silence, this is what's happening. So the key is, one of the biggest questions people ask me around the country is they say, what can I do, Pastor Todd? And each of us has a different mission, although all of us have the same mission to get people saved and set free and healed and delivered, according to the Great Commission. But we have other talents and gifts and areas that we can make our, you know, let our voice be heard. 
Parents, show up to the school board meetings. Show up to the community meetings. We, we have to express our concern and our distaste uh, for the things that these companies are doing. Call the companies. Let them know, hey, look, I used to shop there, but I'm not going to shop there anymore until you stop pushing this agenda. Uh, we have to let our voice be heard effectively, and we can't just, after a couple weeks, go right back to, to purchasing things from these companies because otherwise it's not going to hurt them. Listen, my time has flown away. Could you pray for us before you leave the air and pray for those that need the Savior, those that need an encounter with Christ today? Would you pray for us? Absolutely, Mondo. Well, you know, it's been an honor to be with you today. And I'll say this. I really believe we're in an hour where God is raising up a warrior class, um, lions and generals, I call them. And so I believe many of you that are watching, you've heard the call. And I just want to pray for you right now in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you that you're not done with this country. We thank you that your church is here, and we are, we are ready, Lord God, to stand for the entirety of the Word of God. Lord, let us not grow weary in doing good. I pray every person watching right now would be encouraged today, strengthened in their faith, Lord God. They'd spend time in the secret place, Lord. They'd be recharged. They'd be on fire for you, Lord God, that this would be a season of going into deeper waters, Lord, and that, Lord, as we have been mentioning many times, we don't grow weary. We don't get depressed. We don't feel like we're beat down or losing. We are on the winning team. And Lord, I pray that we start acting like winners. And so I thank you, Father, for every person out there that's willing to say, send me, I'll go. And I pray you'd anoint them and give them strategy from heaven. And we just thank you that you have brought us all into the world in this very exciting hour to be about your business for such a time as this. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank my special guest today, Pastor Todd Coconado. Look him up on social media. Go to his website. I'm going to put a link on the screen. Follow him. Stay in what's happening right now. The common sense is needed more than ever. But I want to leave you with this scripture that I started out with because I believe that you have a mission that we need to be fulfilling in God. It's in, book, it's in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be discerned what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. I pray that you will have discernment in this hour. Discernment means common sense, to sense what's happening around you. Listen, we are living in a very difficult time, yet we are also living in the greatest time that this generation has ever seen. I want you to stand with me. I want you to continue to support this program. Help me financially so we can continue to preach the gospel around the world. I want you to stand with me as we reach this generation by bringing guests to help us understand what's happening right now. I believe that prophecy is being fulfilled right before our eyes. But it's not time to run away from the call. It's time to re-engage in what's happening right now. Stand in the word of God. Stand in what God wants you to hear about what's happening right now so we can have the discernment and speak a word of faith to, those, to this generation. People want a word from God, and they're running from conference to conference trying to get a word, yet the word is in our hands. The word is in your living room. The word is in your bedroom. Just open up the word and see what God wants you to hear. I want you to know something, that having an intimate relationship with Christ is everything understanding that he forgives you of your sins, understanding that he will build your faith, he will restore your family, he will put your life back together, he will take a mess and turn it into a message. 
I believe that when we're doing it together, that when you sow a seed and we preach out of that seed, we can reach the world for him and understand that pastors, evangelists need our help today. Don't lose faith. Stand strong. Pray every day. Have Bible study every day. Have an intimate relationship with Christ every single day. That is the only way we're going to be able to make it during this time. I believe that God has a word for you. And I believe that all you have to do is have that faith. Stay strong. No matter what is happening in your world, keep the faith. It's going to be all right. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.